Donald Trump is not going to get this Republican nomination. So, Jenny, could he actually win? No freaking way! <laughs> Do not tell me that Donald Trump is in this to win this, okay? He's a sideshow. I don't think he's plan has anything to do with Latinos. His plan, his strategy is to win the White House without Latinos. I don't think he can do it. Uh, Jorge Ramos, Jorge Ramos. The Fox News. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody This means that Donald Trump will be the 45th president of the United States. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Check us out on the go. Uh, thank you for that. We have grown since last week. Um, we now have almost 130 borderline 40 um, likes and follows on our Facebook page and a plethora more views on our website. So, again, thank you for that. You can check out our blogs. We have much more content going um, coming up next week. So, thank you um, again for all of the support. Now, let's get to the reason that you are here. We have, again, a great show lined up. We're going to be talking about... Um, Russia, and it sounds like maybe I should start taking Russian because the information that has um, just flowed over the last week has been almost borderline um, breathtaking. Um, you have info from the FBI, from the CIA, from the NSA. You have President Obama now um, requesting a investigation that should be concluded before um, President-elect Trump is um, inaugurated into office. So, what does this mean? And um, what is the response that we as Americans take parties aside, take Democrat and Republican, take liberal conservatives, but us as Americans, what should we do when now you have a foreign nation, a foreign superpower coming in and trying to influence our election? So what does that mean and what should we do? Um, also, we're going to be talking about President Trump and it's called the Trojan Horse Populism because he rolled in on the notion that third that you have these two parties that are not listening to the middle class he's going to be the guy that stands up because he knows how it works so now he if you elect him in he's going to just make it all better for the middle class um now we discovered that that is not the case so what is his kind of populism and it's really not really populism so we're going to be breaking it down for you and actually show you what populism really is um telling you what what the motivate the, the movement can be and hopefully um, show you that there is populism. There can be a legit populist movement, but it starts off with you, um, the American people. Not relying on a billionaire. Stop relying on millionaires. Stop relying on Republicans and Democrats to listen to you. You have to start it yourself, and it has to be started from us at the middle class and lower class. Um, you have to start relying on all these elite power holders in order to finally listen to us. We have the voice. We are the majority, not them. So when we actually take the power and actually 
and force it instead of having to rely on these upper class people, then we can make change. But as long as we keep doing the same thing and just saying which millionaire and which billionaire can I trust this time in this election, then nothing will really change. The change starts with us. So that is something that we're going to dive into and hopefully um, can motivate you to make your change in the world. It doesn't have to even be even be with me. It doesn't have to be with anybody in the media. It can be starting off with your own self. Um, so hopefully you will stay tuned for that. We're going to have a great show for you. So again, thank you for tuning in to PHP Radio, whether you're on Facebook.com or whether you're on Mixer.com or on the Mixer.com app. So, Russia. What is going on with Russia? I, I have never heard of a, a country be so, you know, talked about in this election. I think we talk about Russia more than anything else in this election cycle. Um, so before we dive in, let's go ahead and get rid of this narrative that is absolutely making me sick. If I say, if you say, if anybody else says that they're concerned with Russia, that does not automatically mean that they think Russia is the reason that Hillary Clinton lost the election. That is not the debate. I have said on this show multiple times that Hillary Clinton lost because Hillary Clinton was not a good campaigner. She was the wrong person for Democrats and liberals to rely on. That is why she lost. It wasn't because of Russia. It wasn't because of the fake news on Facebook. It wasn't because of the FBI. It wasn't because of the Rick Comey. It was because of her. And until as we as liberals acknowledge that fact, then not much is going to change until we as liberals acknowledge that we have to actually rely on a liberal candidate, a liberal populist candidate. You know, kind of like Bernie Sanders, but that's neither here or there. We're not going to talk about that. Um, but Russia still can be a concern. Just because I'm concerned about Russia doesn't automatically mean that I am a liberal. It means that I'm concerned about a foreign nation influencing our election. And the fact that this has now become a, a partisan issue, <laughs> and now that I have to the, I get attacked because, you know, I, I have concern with Russia, is breathtaking. And this is not just coming from the left. Also, members on the right. You have Joe Wash. And let's, let's give a background who Joe Wash is. Joe Wash tweeted, who, who, he's a starch Trump supporter. And he tweeted that if Trump lost the election, he's going to, quote, grab his musket. You know, kind of seeing way in Civil War. But he came back and said that was just sarcasm or a metaphor. But you have Joe Wash, who is now even calling out Republicans, saying that the reaction to these stories about Russia is absolutely breathtaking. The fact that, that you have some on the, on the right who are actually in love with Russia, who is actually in love with Putin. As President Obama said um, two days ago in his final press briefing, that according to these polls, and then the, that 37% of Republicans actually like Putin. That is almost 4 out of 10 Republicans actually like Putin. Do you, let's give a background who Putin is. Putin is a former KGB agent. Putin currently now murders or the killings and assassinations of his political opponents. You thought lock her up was bad? Oh, <laughs> it just go become Putin's enemy. You have there is no freedom of press in Russia. There have been Russian journalists who have literally been shot down in front of the Kremlin because they disagree with what the government is doing. You have the Pussy Riot, which was a ban. They had to serve two years in Russian prison because they had a song that was critical of Putin. 
Poon is not an American friend. He is not a, an American icon. He is the opposite of what we as Americans should embrace. But for some reason, Republicans are now liking him because he's a leader. And the fact that now our president-elect Trump is now somehow defending Putin, going against his own intelligence agency, calling out the CIA, saying that it's ridiculous that they are coming up with this this conclusion about Russia is absolutely boggling. It's not the fact that you are about to become president of the United States and you're now attacking your own intelligence agency, but the fact that you're in in some form protecting Russia (laughs) it's kind of mind-boggling. But and this is not Russia just didn't come up out the blue. Um, Russia has been talked about again a majority during the election, and this is not the first connection that Russia has had with Trump. Back in 2013, and nobody really pays attention to this. Back in 2013, Trump actually said he had a relationship with Putin. He complimented Putin. We shared the video on our Facebook page. This is back three years before the election. But during the election, he said that he never knew Putin. He didn't. He never saw met Putin. You have, in fact, you have Donald Trump's daughter Ivanka having vacations with, at the time, Putin's girlfriend. Go to her Instagram page. So this relationship has has been there. Paul Manafort, Donald Trump's second campaign manager, had to step down because of the fact that he was still either actively on Russian bank payroll or at some part was on Russian bank payroll. You have Donald Trump, who he say he was joking, but publicly saying that, uh, suggesting that Russia should continue to hack Hillary Clinton's email so that the press can continue to to narrate and uh, conversate about what Hillary Clinton was doing. So again, this is this is not nothing new. From this point, even after Donald Trump has been elected, his now Secretary of State, Rex Tilson, who is a CEO of Exxon, has personal dealings with Vladimir Putin. Millions of dollars in connection between the two. In fact, Vladimir Putin has a more than this guy. I think the Russian order of friendship are the highest medal, highest honor that Russia can give a foreign person. So they are close, <laughs> to say the least. So the fact that now you have all this information, the fact now that you have the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, along with almost 14 other intelligence agencies, all saying the same thing, that Russia hacked the DNC. They, not only, they didn't just hack the left, they also hacked the right, because now, yesterday, Lindsey Graham also said that he was hacked, and the FBI told him in June. You don't have the RNC. The only reason the RNC didn't get successfully hacked was because they had some good spam filters. But you now have a foreign agent basically just going haywire in cyber attack. And for some reason, and maybe it's just me, I just feel like we, we as Americans just stand by, just are either shocked that they did it, or we're actually being called out on it. So it's like it's like that we're that video of the kangaroo that just got punched. We're like that. We just got punched in the face by Russia, and we just like, like, what? Did you just punch me? Did did, did us as Americans just get punched in the face by Russia? And I think yes. 
<laughs> Poon is going absolutely going absolute haywire. He's flung his muscles all over the place. Crimea, the place that he just took over, he, he just, I want it. I got it. Syria, the, the, same, the Syrian government who murdered 82 of his own civilians three days ago, who was backed by Russia, just won in Aleppo. The rebels are now having to retreat. So it seems like Russia seems to be narrating a whole lot of world affairs. In fact, they're trying to take the United States out of the conversation altogether. They're saying that if uh, for Syria, there should be Syria, Turkey, and Russia. The United States are not even needed in this conversation anymore. So what is we as a nation? Or what are we going to do? Are we just going to say that this we're going to internalize ourselves and attack each other continually? Saying this is a liberal versus conservative narrative? That this is a get over it versus path concern um, of Russia narrative? Or are we going to actually grow up and, and join together as a nation and say we are America? You don't mess with America. You don't knock an American door. We will answer. That's a great metaphor. But uh, my proud moment that I have was when North Korea started talking reckless. And they usually do. But then they followed up with a successful nuclear test. And the next week, North Korea got knocked off the internet. Pirate just got they had a massive cyber attack, got knocked off for an entire week. And everybody looking at America was like, did you do that? And America was like, no, no, we didn't do that. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Yes, we did. But that's because we're America. You want to get bold, we can knock you back in line. Easily. And don't get confused, Russia also knows this. We as Americans, we can go to war with literally every country on this planet. And we'll still be able to hold off. We withdrew and protect just America. We will still be able to hold off. We out we outspend on military the next six nations combined. So Russia knows this. Russia knows that they can't take us directly. So they take us indirectly. They undermine our democracy. They undermine our government. They undermine our influence across the United States, across the world. So we can either answer that, like President Obama has said in, in the last uh, two couple of days, or we can just, again, attack our own intelligence agencies um, we can make it about partisan politics and then just let Russia laugh to the bank because we're too divided to even come together and not tolerate a foreign nation trying to influence us. Which one? We were outraged over the fact that China said it. Uh, excuse me. We were outraged over the fact that North Korea said that we can't show a movie in a theater because it talked badly about them. So if we, can get fat, if we get mad over a movie, then we should be outraged over the election. Period. So if you are one of those liberals who think that Russia was the reason that Hillary Clinton lost, it, it wasn't. I'm sorry to break your heart, but it simply wasn't. This does not validate Hillary Clinton. She still was a terrible candidate. Yes, it's, again, it's intolerable that what Russia did, but again, she was still a horrible candidate. If you are conservative and you are a part, A, a part of that 37% who actually likes Vladimir Putin, I really suggest you do some background checks on him. Or B, you think that Russia interfering is just a notion of you should get over it or a sore loser narrative or anything like that, then you need to get your head out of the sand. Because the fact that you are looking over the fact that you have a foreign nation like Russia trying to undermine us as Americans, I'm not so sure that that's okay. 
this it is it, come to a point that it's America versus Russia, not liberals versus Russia, not conservatives versus Russia, but Americans versus Russia. That's what the narrative should be. But the fact that we're in, engaging in this partisan stuff on, on the mainstream media is disappointing, to say the least. So, that is what is the concern about Russia. If you want to know about some of the, the, the in the weed details about Russia's uh, interfering in our election, feel free to go to our Facebook page. We actually have an article about it um, that gives you like step-by-step step of what kind of evidence because that has been the other evidence. Where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? We can provide you with the evidence. It's a it look. It, the article that we posted is more so fact based, not opinion. It's more so fact based. It's critical of some of the stuff that the CIA is saying as well. So you can get the evidence. You can look at what has been said so far for your own self. You don't have to rely on Fox or MSNBC or NBC or CNN to tell you. You can actually Google it and look up yourself. And again, just go to our Facebook page um, slash Power to the People, and you can actually check out that article because it is a, it gives you great details. Um, extra step by step of what the FBI is laying out, what the CIA is laying out, and um, and what NSA and all these intelligence agencies are saying. Um, if you're wondering what's the reasoning for it, is because of um, basically Poon blamed Hillary for interfering in his election, so he in turn wanted to interfere with this election, and Trump's was Trump helping Trump was not the main objective; it was a side objective. Uh, according to what the FBI is saying, um, it just came to be that, hey, since we're interfering with Hillary Clinton and Trump is the Republican nominee, we're in, in hand. We're going to help Trump. Um, but again, feel free to go to the, our, our, Facebook our Facebook page and you can check that out and get all the information yourself and make your own opinion. Um, but make sure that opinion is, again, based in facts and not in partisan rhetoric. Because as long as it's based in partisan rhetoric, then it, we cannot really have a conversation until we look at the facts. So, again, make sure you go to our Facebook page. Uh, the next thing and the final thing is about our our great president-elect, um, President Trump, and about populism, because that was one of the message that he rolled on. He rolled on us the middle-class hero. That's why this, this carrier deal was something that he championed, um, because he's going he's gonna to bring jobs back to the middleman, um, because there was a sense that the middle class and the lower class was sick and tired of not being listened to in Washington. Because of the lobbyists, because of the corporations, because of the donors, that there was all this power, influence, and money that the middle class and lower class just did not have access to, and they were upset about that, and and righteously so. They are absolutely correct um, that the middle class has been has been faded out by both sides, Democrats and Republicans, just been fed lip service that we care about you, but we're gonna we're gonna take care of these banks first. We care about you, but we're gonna we're gonna take care of these upper class people, folks. We don't care about you, but these corporations, let's, 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 let's uh, get them a couple tax breaks. Then we, we, we can get something about you. You want to know how, how bad the conversation has gotten? Is that people in the middle class are more mad and more frustrated at somebody on welfare who gets maybe $1,000 in six months or $1,000 a year, but an oil corporation who makes millions upon billions in profit at the end of the year still get tax subsidies from our government. Because of the loopholes that they paid their way into getting. You want to know who who's really on welfare? Look at how much these banks are getting. Look at how much these corporations are getting. That's where the welfare is coming from. But they have gotten you to get more mad at a person next to you who's suffering just as much as you than take your focus and your anger out on the people that got you there in the first place. 
The very same people who got us in the bank crisis are the same people who are in power. The notion now that you gotta, the way that you can tell how good the economy is is because of the start market and how much money they're making, that, t- that should give you an indication of how good you're doing. That's ridiculous. That you gotta see how much, how many millions, how many billions these people are making to get a feel or how much, how you're doing. We have families who are still struggling to get their kids into college. We have people who are struggling to, to put their kids in a daycare. But we're getting told that, that no, don't worry about it. The stock market's going up. Everything's fine. Look at your neighbor. You tell me it's everything fine. That's the kind of Trojan horse populism that we've gotten fed. And that's what we've been fed now. Donald Trump told you that he's going to drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. That was the narrative. He's even, if you actually look, and, and I, I hope that you actually go to the Daily Show and look at um, this, this, this supercut of some of the stuff that Donald Trump is saying in front of his crowd at his thank you rallies. Because he's like basically saying that, you know, the Hillary Clinton lockup thing, oh, I just said that before the election. Don't worry about that. I don't care. About the drain of the swamp, you people love that. You love that. But now, yeah, nah. He even said, I don't need your vote now. I don't need it now. I need it in four years when I go for re-election, but now I don't need it. It's, it's absolutely baffling that the media has not paid attention to some of the stuff that Donald Trump has been saying at these thank you rallies. But that's because that's a whole different subject about the media that we're going to talk about at a later point. But that is the kind of uh, Trojan horse populism that he rolled in on to get you to get behind him. Because you would like, who else to listen to? The Democrats nominated Hillary Clinton. Yeah, right. And she's going to listen to me? Nah. But Donald Trump? Oh, yeah, maybe. At least there's a chance for it. He took a gamble. Okay. Let's see how that panned out. Of his cabinet, you have 12 donors, right, who gave out million dollars. Six of those donors, 12 donors, gave around $12 million. Six of those people are now in his cabinet. Now in his cabinet. Directly, this is pay for play. The same stuff that he was knocking Hillary Clinton on, this is the very literal example of what it is now. It's, it's absolutely baffling. The notion that, you know, Goldman Sachs, which is something that he was so critical of Hillary Clinton, she gave speeches to Goldman Sachs. How, she's corrupt. She's crooked. The same man who said that has now hired three people from that same exact bank. It, it, it's like he's like doing it and not even caring anymore. Not even caring anymore. In fact, let's let's go over some of the, the net worth of some of these people. All right, Stephen McKill, the Treasury nominee, forty-six million. Tom Price, HHS nominee, thirteen point six million. W- Wilbur Ross, Commerce nominee, two point five billion. Betsy DeVoe, the L- Education nominee, who has never spent the day as a teacher had never spent a day even teaching, and is against, vehemently against public education, is now the Secretary of Education nominee. Worth $5.1 billion. Ben Carson, who is a fantastic neurosurgeon, who would think, okay, Surgeon General, or uh, something related to health, healthcare, anything, anything like that. No, housing. Because he was, he, when he was a child, he was poor, and he came from housing, so he should be a housing nominee. 26 million. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said that wrong. Yeah, 26. 26 million. Jeff Sessions, 
the guy who who, who it, it, it pisses me off like none other who is against special education yeah quote he's against it who also said that the civil rights act the civil rights act is he's against that as well 7.5 million do any of these people sound middle class to you do any of these people sound like they'll be the ones that defend you? Do any of these people sound like they're the ones that can relate to what you're going through at any point in time? A billionaire understands you not being able to pay for daycare. You haven't decide between groceries and gas. That's who we're relying on now. Between school, taking your school, your kid to school and being late to work. A billionaire, millionaires. That's the people that is now we're going to have to rely on to make public policy for us. Again, Trojan horse populism. This is what this man has been rolling, riding in on this whole entire time. So we have to take populism and shift it from being what Donald Trump is describing it to be because that's not populism. Populism is taking that the majority, us, the middle class, the lower class, the majority of America is the one that these policies should be focused on. We should not have to wait on a rich person to get rich enough so it could trickle down to us. I'm so tired of having to say that we having to hear that if we get a top 1%, you get these millionaires millions of dollars, that eventually it's going to get to us. It, Exxon made millions of dollars. Has it gotten to my paycheck yet? Has it gotten to yours yet? All these banks has made millions of profit. Have any? Did, did I check... Do I need to check my USA account to see it got up in there yet? Well, Fargo made a whole bunch, you know, scamming people, so maybe it got in your account. I don't know. Maybe I need to get a new bank. Because it seems like we're missing it somewhere. Somewhere, we it, it was missed that that the, the upper class, hey, you both give us some of the money, too. We even gave y'all, we helped y'all out a lot. We gave y'all a whole bunch of tax cuts. Can you please help us out? That, that got missed in translation somewhere. So maybe we should try a new approach. Maybe we should stop focusing on giving so much money to the upper class and actually help out the middle class grow. Maybe help get people out of poverty so that they can get off welfare. They can sponsor themselves. Maybe that should be the main focus. Maybe take all those millions and billions of dollars that we give in tax incentives and tax subsidies to people like Carrier, $7 million to save 700 jobs. Maybe we take that $7 million and give that to the middle class. Maybe we should actually help pay for college so that we can actually have a competitive job market versus the world. Maybe we can stop, if we actually grow our, educate our youth, maybe we don't have to get all these people from China or all these other foreign nations. Then we can actually have CEOs that are from the public education systems. Maybe that can be the case. But as long as we are knocking our own people down, the more we feel more angry at our neighbor based, based on race, based on if they're black or white, based on if they're on welfare or not, based on the immigration status, then we can never be unified. That's why he wants to remain divided. They want you to be more angry at each other. Like I said before, be more angry at the person on welfare. Be more angry at the, at the immigrant than at the CEO that scams you daily. Be mad at that person. Be mad at, at that, that, that Muslim who's not, who, who you're, you're not safe with. Be angry at them. Don't you keep your, your attention Focus on that. Then you can't take your attention and focus on the right people. You have politicians who are now, some people like Bernie Sanders, 
who are trying to take that narrative. They say no, it's not it, who who is not your your brother and sister. It's not your neighbor that's causing your suffering. Because the government is not working for you. The government is not working for you. The government is working for whoever had the biggest pockets. Democrats and Republicans. And that's why that voice got shut out. But now, everybody want to listen to him. But that's the kind of message. It is a fascinating video of Bernie Sanders going deep into Trump territory. Actually debating a Trump supporter. Who said she had a problem with all these immigrants coming over here and taking the job. That's why she can't get education. Because the immigrants are keeping their wages low. That's why. But in two minutes, less, literally less than two minutes, Bernie Sanders was able to actually take her frustration, understand it, not invoke racism, not invoke sexism, not call her a bigot, not insult her intelligence, but tell her that, no, how about you think about who really has the money right now? And in less than nine seconds, she was able to say, you know what? That actually makes sense. The upper class should be able to give us more. They got in on us. We, pump, we are pumping them up. Maybe they should give more to us. That's not class welfare. That's paying back to the system. That helped you out. So the conversation and the narrative can easily be taken in that direction. But we have to remain united and not become divided based on these lines and these narratives that they draw. So again, if if, if we as Americans have to come to, to two critical decision points. One with Russia. Understand what they're doing, why they're doing it, and stop them from doing it. It looks like, for some reason, that our president, future president, rather, is not really on board to have that conversation. And now, he seems to be more in line with Russian thinking than against Russian thinking. So, we either have to check that, or just let them become the new superpower. Because that's essentially what they're trying to do. Knock America off the block. So... That's the conversation that we need to have. And then we as middle class and lower class need to have a conversation about what are we trying to uh, accomplish in our government? You want a government that works for us? Then again, stop relying on these millionaires and billionaires to actually to focus in on you. You become powerful. You can run for local office. You understand what these people are going through. You understand what your neighbor is going through. Not a billionaire. So you should get an office so that you can make the policy and stop relying on them. That is a conversation that we need to have. But as long as we, again, remain invited, as long as we remain invited around parties, around, along Republican, Democrat, and that's what you label yourself as first, and American second, then that conversation can never be had. But as long as we're locked into P2P Radio, we can start that conversation here. So again, thank you for checking us out. This is P2P Radio. Make sure that you check us out on Facebook, at Power to the People, like and subscribe and share um, our videos and our page. You can also check us out on PowerToThePeople.com. That's Power Number Two, the PPL.com. We're also on Twitter and on YouTube. So this video, this um, podcast is going to be um, uploaded along as the audio version on Mixer.com. You can go to Mixer.com on your desktop or on your mobile device, and also you can download the Mixer app and listen to us on the go. Again, thank you for checking us out. Uh, we have much more coming. Um, next week, uh, every Saturday at 8 p.m., we'll be talking about more about our awesome President Trump and um, look at the media again and see how they're how they're doing.
let's let's do a status check, a status update. Uh, but make sure you do check us out again. This is your host Rick G. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you check us out again on Facebook and on PositivePeople.com. Check you next week. Have a great week, and power to the people.